Hey guys, welcome back to the Road to Madness podcast. I'm Mindong. I'm McIngleo. 67 days until the college basketball season begins. Yeah, inching closer and closer. Less than 10 weeks to go. Couldn't be more pumped. Yeah, man, less than 10 weeks and uh, back with another conference preview. Today is a very good one as we have the uh, Colonial up now. Colonial, a lot of changes within this conference. Four new teams, I believe, coming into this conference. So uh, it should be a pretty interesting conference. It's a lot of new teams and realignment. So uh, very excited to get to it. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, like you mentioned, Colonial right now, uh, play of the year. I know we, uh, we agreed on the same play of the year. So I would do the honors with the runner-up today. The runner-up is Jameer Nelson, Jr., uh, from Delaware last year, uh, played really well, 13 and a half points, five rebounds, two assists, and one and a half steals. Uh, probably their best two-way player for Delaware last year, led them to the tournament. Fortunately, the tournament run fell short, and I think they lost to Villanova? I think they played Maryland. Maryland? Maryland made it, right? No. Uh, Villanova, I'm sorry, Villanova. Yeah. I, I was right the first time, but yeah, Javier Nelson Jr. is my runner-up. Yeah, definitely a good pick. I think he's going to be very special for this Delaware team this year. Um, there's a lot of good guys, honestly, you could go with. Uh, obviously, with all the newcomers, it's pretty hard to give a player of the year, but uh, my mind, is a, there's a clear, easy favorite, which you have as well. Uh, the number one guy, uh, a top 50-ish scorer in the nation coming back from last year. It's Aaron Estrada, man, from a Hofstra. Guy's an absolute bucket. 18 and a half points per game, uh, six rebounds, five assists per game, also stealing a half in there. This guy is an absolute beast, and uh, he lit up a lot of teams uh, last year. I know Hofstra fell very short of where they wanted last year, losing to Charleston in that quarterfinal game. But Estrada, man, he was uh, having a very good season and uh i'm trying to i'm gonna look what his career high was for that season i believe it was 35 30 yeah 35 i think was his career high last season against the unc wilmington who was not an easy team to go up against especially last year so uh he is lighting the floor and i expect him to light the floor once again this year and i'd be shocked if he wasn't obviously the front runner for this player of the year award for the colonial yeah definitely agree with you uh aaron Estrada, easily the best player Heading into this year, obviously that can change as it is only the preseason. We have to see how every team plays, obviously. Uh, but for my dark horse, I originally had Stony Brook. Uh, looking at the roster, it's not look like I have Stony Brook anymore. I have to change it on the fly now. I'm going with Mammoth here. Obviously, a new team coming from the MAAC. Uh, looks like none of them, none, none of the starters return, only some bench return. But uh, I really like that coach staff. I think, I think they're the top three coaching staff in this conference and in the last conference as well. Uh, this was a team that almost beat St. Peter's last year, I, I recall. And I know everyone's left, but a big rebuild is coming uh, in a new conference. And I think uh, King Rice can do it. He almost he was a finalist for the UNC job uh, last year as well. So definitely, definitely a great coach. Interesting, interesting pick. Uh, Mom, I'm not too high on this year. Let's see where I had them ranked soon my uh, dark horse team is Hampton uh, Hampton another team new to the Colonial uh, this team's coming from the Big South uh, they had a all right stretch in the Big South obviously they had a lot of good guys come in and out of this program and going to do good stuff elsewhere 
I look at a guy like Davion Warren recently went from Hampton to Texas Tech, and I don't know if he got an NBA spot, but he's playing professionally somewhere. And uh, even a guy like uh, Ben Stanley, uh, still playing at Xavier, I believe. Uh, he was through Hampton as well. So they produce some good players. But uh, moving to the Colonial would be a very different transition for Hampton. Deustine returns. He could be a very good problem year one in the Colonial. A very interesting team to monitor. Uh, three stars are coming back as anticipated because uh, they have not released their roster fully just yet. But I'm pretty sure Deustine comes back. So Hampton could be an interesting surprise. So I'm very excited to see. I'm very excited to see which one of these four newcomers comes out on top because uh, all of them are very different in their own way. Yeah, definitely agree with you. Uh, let's just start off with the rankings. Uh, do we give them a? Do we give them a? No, nah, we don't. It's it's we're we're six conferences in, so we'll, we'll just go with uh, the last place team. Unfortunately, every every conference has a last place team. Uh, at at thirteen, that would be a new team that is NCA and T. One starter returns, along with some of the bench uh, from the Big South. Obviously, uh, Marcus Watson, I believe, looking at the roster and the stats, is easily their best player. Supporting cast, uh, very questionable. I think I think they'll struggle year one in the Colonial. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, NCAT, pretty good past couple seasons. Uh, obviously, had the Langley Twins, if you do recall. But other than that, not too much this year. I have them soon. I have Elon at my bottom team at 13. Only one starter returns for Elon. Uh, Elon, surprisingly, has been a dark horse within the conference tournament for the Colonial. Uh, they've come very close to winning this thing. And I believe, I believe it was two years ago where they made it to the finals as the seventh seed, if I'm not mistaken. And they lost to uh, Drexel, I believe, in that final game. But, uh, yeah, lots of scoring is lost. Uh, no, Only one starter returns. So, uh I think it'll be a drive backwards and a rebuilding year for Elon, but never count them out. Uh, they can always pack a punch and uh, steal a couple games within the season. Yeah. Uh, like you mentioned, Elon, I have at 12. Uh, complete roster turnaround, in my opinion, especially with the new coach. Uh, their old coach actually went to become an assistant at Duke, uh, where he first where he played in and started his coaching career. So he's going back to Duke. So a new, completely new team, completely new coaching staff. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a long rebuild for this program. And they've shown they've rebuilt before. They haven't uh, had the best of regular seasons. But like you mentioned, always a factor in the uh, postseason, just like every team. Indeed, indeed. Number 12, I have Monmouth here at 12. Obviously a new team to the Colonial. You talked about them a little bit. Very surprising dark horse pick from you. I was very shocked with this. Because uh, I don't see anything coming uh, that's relatively – good for this moment team in second week season. Obviously, I lost everything, pretty much. Um, they fell very, very close in that uh, MAC final game to St. Peter's, where they lost to. But, uh, yeah, I mean, everyone's pretty much gone. But that was that was the best year that they had in a while. Uh, I'm almost going to take a big step back, and uh, I think that it would be a long rebuild for them. Uh, they got a good coaching staff, I agree, but uh, just need to pull things together, and I don't think this will be the year to do that. Mm-hmm. Number 11, I have William and Mary here. Two starters, some bench return as well. Looks like Ben Wright, their uh, top score, returning score, is returning. Uh, they've been they've been in the bottom of the league for a while now since, what's his name? I forget, Nathan Knight. Since Nathan Knight's been, yeah. been gone, they've, they've struggled. Uh, I have William and Mary at number 11. 
Yeah, my number 11 team is NCA&T. Obviously, another new team to the Colonial. Only one star in some bench return. You talked about this team a lot. Marcus Watson does emerge. He could be a big-time player in the Colonial, probably an all-conference player. Um, but, yeah, not too much around him, unfortunately. So it will be a struggle year one in the Colonial for NCA&T. Uh, that being said, can they elevate uh, within the next couple of years? I definitely think they can, but it's just a matter of who they bring in because uh, their transfer class has been pretty poor the past couple of seasons, and uh, the recruiting class has also been relatively down in comparison to the past five years or so. So uh, it's a big question mark here. I got them here at 11, though, to be safe. Mm-hmm. Number 10, uh, Drexel here. A new era for them has starts starts now that Cam Winter and James Butler are both gone. They've been in the program for five years now. Uh, they've been the top two scorers easily for the past four years, and it's it's gonna it's gonna be weird seeing them not in a Drexel uniform. But obviously, five years is a long time. Uh, Cam Winter now at Penn State. Butler did graduate, uh, so they do lose their top two scores and two of the their probably all-time greats there. Uh, so it's going to be a new era for Drexel. So I have them at number 10. Indeed, indeed. And uh, I have William & Mary here at number 10. You talked about this team, two stars and some bench return for William & Mary. Uh, this team has been in the bottom of the pack for the past couple of seasons. Uh, but I think this year they're a low-tier dark horse in my eyes. Uh, they got a lot of key pieces that are coming back. Ben Wright is the key piece. And uh, they can build around him. I think William & Mary could pull together a pretty good season. Uh, last year was a very poor one. I believe they only won one conference game, maybe. I don't know if they actually did win one or not, but uh, oh, I think they did. I think they beat Northeastern. But um, regardless, uh, this team was not good last year. I think they take a step up in the right direction, and that's why they're my low-tier dark horse at 10. Mm-hmm. Number nine, I have Hampton here. Uh, another new team to the Colonial. Looks like three starters are returning. Don't know about the bench though, but they did pretty good in the Big South. They they held their own. They've held their own in every conference they've played in. And uh, Russell, also known as Deuce Dean, is going to be a big problem obviously with Hampton. They rely on one score and one score only. Two years ago it was Ben Stanley. Last year or three years ago it was Ben Stanley. Two years ago it was Davion Warren. Last year I think it was Dean again, uh, and he's returning. So I think he's going to make it even even bigger leap this year. He, and he might be in contention for the scoring title of all of Division One. to be honest with you. Mm. You think so, huh? There's a lot of options. Obviously, there's 350-something teams. And it's going to be 12. Yeah, times 15. So, he's, he's – eh, I, I mean, I guess. He's, he's going to be top – I guarantee he's going to be top 50 in scoring. Mm. Okay, we'll see about that. Um, yeah, full take. I don't know about that one personally, but uh, you never know. It depends on how much that Hampton team can score. Uh, number nine, I do have Drexel here, two stars and bench return. Drexel has been at top of the colonial for the past few seasons, obviously, made it last uh, sorry, two seasons ago, but they lost to Illinois in that first round. But uh, yeah, I mean, they've been pretty good as of recently. Obviously, lose their two guys, Butler and Winter. Um, so it's gonna be a very tough challenge for Drexel losing a lot of scoring. I do think they take a step back from the past seasons prior. So number nine is a good spot for them. Lakes can still compete, but I'd definitely be on the lower tier of that middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. And one more note on Hampton, looking at their roster. They actually did get in a, a very good transfer, a top 100 guy in his respective high school class. That is Jordan Nesbitt. 
He was a starter at St. Louis last year, averaged double digits. Uh, mm. Started his career at Memphis. Uh, just wanted to note that. Hmm. I didn't know that. Are you sure it's Jordan Nesbitt? Yes, I'm looking at their roster right now. I'm, yeah, I'm surprised he went there, but uh, that's a good addition. So, I don't know. Maybe that's why I had Hampton where I have him. Mm-hmm. Uh, unintentionally, he did not know. But uh, continuing with my rankings at number eight, I have my dark horse. Monmouth here. Obviously, I know he, he stressed it. Their, their teams aren't as good as in the past, but they're coaching still elite amongst the mid-major, low-major ranks. So I have them at number eight solely on that. Definitely agree. My number eight team is Charleston. Only two stars returned for Charleston, some bench players. Uh, it was an all right season last year under Pat Kelsey's first season. Uh, Renee Smith uh, comes back as the top option for Charleston, but uh, they're going to need a lot more to move up the ranks. Uh, Charleston did get a UNH transfer, so shout out to him. He's now at Charleston. If you know, you know. That's all I'll say about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, Stony Brook at number seven. Look at the roster. It's, it's going to be a big turner, a uh, big, huge turnaround, obviously. Uh, see a couple of new transfers. Obviously, Aaron Clark, leading scorer from Sacred Heart, comes in. Dean Knowles, leading scorer of, from Bucknell, also comes in. It's going to be a very interesting team the way it is built. That's why I have them at number seven. Indeed. Hampton is my dark horse team at number seven. Uh, with the addition of Jordan Nesbitt, I think they're a much more lethal team because uh, Nesbitt's a pretty good uh, transfer. And uh, I must overlook that looking at the roster. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I know I know Deustine's there. Well, you know why? Because the roster hasn't been up released. That's why I didn't know. But, um, yeah, uh, I think this Hampton team's going to be pretty good. I mean, with that news that Jordan Nesbitt's here is uh, huge. So I do think Hampton could definitely elevate higher than seven. So I think seven's a safe spot for them. I think they're definitely on the rise in terms of uh, potential. I think this team has a lot of potential now with uh, Nesbitt in the squad. Mm-hmm. Next up is UNC Wilmington at number six for me. Made a very surprise run to the CBI final, which did they win or did they lose? You went to Wilmington? Yeah. They lost. Who did um, you lose to? Uh, hold on. Oh, I, was it Coastal? Coastal? No, they lost to uh, Middle Tennessee. Oh, they beat Middle Tennessee. Did they win? Oh, they might have won. I, oh, hold on. They might have won. Uh, I'll keep going. I'll, I'll fact check you right now. All right. Uh, while he fact, fact checks me, uh, yeah, UMC Wilmington, obviously a very good Good team, a lot of good transfers coming in as well. But obviously, their their top returning score does come back. Shikem Phillips, uh, alongside a lot of great transfers. I see Victor Eno, who's who's one of the top defensive players in the MAAC, coming from Marist. They also have a lot of they have a, they have a top 100 recruit in his class. His his name is Eric Vander. I don't even know how to pronounce it, but he's from Ole Miss. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I have UNC Wilmington at number six. And the fact check to you, they did win the CBI. They beat Middle Tennessee 96-90 in double OT. Yeah, so that was a intense game. I, I must have missed that one. But, uh, yeah, Michael Okaru and uh, Jalen Sims, who both left, they both dropped 28 in that game. So, uh, yeah, that was. they're going to lose them. And it's going to be sad to see them out of UNC Wilmington because uh, that team was a – Cinderella story their own. I believe we both had them ninth in the conference last year, I think. We, we both yeah, had them low. We had them towards the bottom. 
so they defied the odds. So I think I think everybody had them towards the bottom. Oh yeah, I think so. And uh, they kind of exploded out of nowhere and won. Obviously, the Colonial fell a little bit short in the Colonial Conference tournament, but uh, hey, they won the CBI, so that's a successful season in my eyes. Number six, I have Delaware, the team who did win the Colonial Conference tournament. Delaware loses a lot this offseason, but they do return a stud in Jameer Nelson Jr., who is the only starter returning. Uh, a lot of good talent coming in, though. Uh, Red like Christian Ray from LaSalle, LJ Owens from UMBC. And there's a couple of good bench players that could definitely elevate. Uh, Mansfield, Massachusetts, its own. Johnny McCoy, uh, definitely striving to be in a big role this year. Shout out to him. So a uh, big question mark here for Delaware, but uh, I do think that they can pull through with the pieces that they have. Definitely. Uh, at my number five, I have Charleston. Two starters returning, uh, including their big, big starter, Rain Smith. Pat Kelsey, obviously, his first season, he, he did all right, uh, to be honest. Um, but obviously, you saw the job he did. I went through it. It's going to be a, a process. Uh, and looking at the roster, he's got a lot of international guys. He's recruited well, recruited outside the states. And the team looks like they're built for his system. So that's why I have them in my top five. Definitely agree. U.S. Wilmington cracks my top five. Uh, what a year it was for them last year, as we talked about. They did return two stars and some bench. Uh, Shaquem Phillips is the number one option now. I hope they run it back. It will be very difficult to run it back with uh, this conference getting bigger and a lot better, in my personal opinion. But uh, it'll be a challenge. But I think this team is definitely up for the challenge. Uh, everyone underestimated them last year. Uh, why not? Why can't they do it again? So I got the moments. You went to Wilmington at number five. Uh, but it's going to be a tough number five if they can uh, get that one out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next up, Delaware at my number four, the reigning Colonial Conference champions. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, they're going to be a very good team. Jameer Nelson Jr. is back alongside a lot of high major transfers. Uh, looking at their roster, who, who just didn't get an opportunity to play. They will obviously get an opportunity to play at Delaware. And this is a team I think is going to make a lot of noise here if they to figure out their – they figured their team out, obviously. Definitely. Number four, uh, the top new Colonial team, Stony Brook. I'm big on Stony Brook this year. Uh, I think Stony Brook's a really good team. Uh, three stars and some bench returning. Uh, coming from the America East, uh, this team has a lot of upside. Uh, and we believe Anthony Roberts and uh, Tyke Green are both coming back. Uh, they haven't released their roster. Because when I, went, when I went to the Stony Brook website – uh, their website was down, so uh, I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, hopefully, it's back up soon so I can actually see their roster. But uh, I believe Anthony Roberts and Tyke Green are coming in. I believe they also got a couple of transfers coming in there as well. So I think Stony Brook's uh, going to rise to the occasion this year. Obviously, it's been shadowed in the American East by Vermont, but uh, this team's pretty good when they can get things rolling. So I got them here at number four. Mm -hmm. At number three, I have Northeastern, obviously. Uh, hometown team from Massachusetts, uh, three stars and all of the bench looks like they're returning. Um, yeah, Chris Doherty is going to be a very dangerous player. Transfer in in conference transfer, Joe. Joe, how do you how do you pronounce that? Prison, I think it's prison. Yeah, he's from Mass as well, so it's a very good player. Uh, played at Governor's Academy. And Chris Doherty, obviously, the transfer from Notre Dame. He's from Mass as well. Uh, they're going to be very good. I agree. I have them at number two. My number three team is Hofstra. Hofstra looking to be pretty good this year. Uh, two stars is a bench return for them. 
Uh, it's a one-man show, technically speaking. And who is that man? Ever heard of him? His name's Aaron Strop. We already talked about him, but uh, know the name because uh, he's an absolute lethal player in this conference. A big transfer also coming in, Warren Williams from Manhattan, a very underrated transfer. Uh, he's a pretty big factor uh, in terms of helping Estrada out, but a Hofstra is definitely going to compete. Uh, it's really going to rely on those two guys and whoever else steps up around them. But uh, with, with Aaron Estrada, you, you can't be outside the top five. You're definitely going to be in it. So uh, Hofstra is going to be here for me at three. Mm-hmm. I have them at two, obviously, like you mentioned, Aaron Estrada, very good player. They got a very good, uh, solid transfers as well. They got Tyler Thomas, who is the second leading scorer at Sacred Heart. And they got some, they got a front court piece in Nelson, Buwachi, Yadam, obviously transfer from Davidson, was just stuck behind a, a, just a loaded back or front court in, at Davidson. He's going to get an opportunity to play and start uh, at Hofstra as well. So they're going to be very good next year. Indeed, indeed. Northeastern is my number two team. Three stars and some bench returns for this Northeastern team. I like this team a lot. I think they have a lot of good talent returning and also coming in. Uh, Jamal Telford and Chris Doherty, like you talked about, both return for this squad, and those are two key pieces to coming back. Mr. Joe Pridgen also coming in as well. He's been bouncing around all over the place. I believe he started at Holy Cross once he went to Wilmington. Mm-hmm. I believe he sat out last year, and I, now he is at Northeastern. So uh, he's going to be a – he's a lethal scorer. That's all you need to know about him. And I do expect the hometown team to step up. Um, not too long ago, I believe Northeastern won this conference uh, maybe four or five years ago now. Uh, oh, who they play? I remember them playing – who they play? Did they play Kansas in a, in a March Madness game? Or am I, like, completely off? Not sure. I vividly remember them playing Kansas, I think. I, I, I'm going to fact check it, but you're going to fact check it? Yeah, I'll fact check it. I, I can envision Northeastern playing in a, in a March Madness game. Was it against Kansas is my question because I, I don't know who it was against. Let's see. They played against. Yeah, it was Kansas. That's right. So, yeah, my memory's uh, top-notch today, I guess. You want to guess, the... guess how much they lost by? Ooh. Um, I'm going to guess it was 107 to 65. So, 40. Close enough. They lost by 34, 87-53. Yeah, I mean – that's what that's what that's what you expect going up against the top tier team with uh, not a lot of talent here. But Northeastern's a really good team. Shout out to them. I got them here number two. Mm-hmm. And that leaves one team for the both of us. That team is Townsend. Four starters and some bench players do return. Nick Timberlake, Cam Holden, Charles Thompson. You can name it all. Uh, but this team is it's going to be the front runner for the Colonial in this preseason. Very good team. Very dangerous. I think. If they do make the tournament, they could, they could steal a game from a, they could, they could steal a game. They could bust some brackets, but obviously it's it's a one bid, so you, you never know who's coming out of this conference. Oh yeah, never know who's coming out of this conference. But this Townsend team is pretty scary, and uh, a lot of te- a lot of people overlook how good this team is. I think this team's really good, but I, I mean, let's just hope they live up to the expectations because uh, not too long ago we had Townsend number one. I believe it was two years ago. And uh, they were one of the worst teams in the Colonial. And so uh, I don't think that would be the case this year. I think they got all the pieces and they got all the experience in the world. So uh, they should stay up to the top. But, uh, I mean, 
it's a very dangerous team with a lot of experience. Uh, that's a recipe for a very good season, hopefully. So uh, Townsend should be a good team to watch out for, but uh, there's a lot of really good teams in this Colonial Conference this year. So uh, I would not be surprised if it is a bloodbath in terms of that conference tournament down in March. So I'm uh, very excited to get to that. But uh, this, this should be a one bid. It usually is a low one bid. And uh, I mean, I believe the highest the seed ever was was a 14 seed for the Colonial, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of how it is, unfortunately. But uh, with more teams, it definitely helps out the conference as a whole. So uh, that's a good sign. But, uh, yeah, still definitely should be a one bid, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And uh, the next conference might be more than a one bid. It might be a two bid. There's always a chance uh, for this conference. That conference will be, as you were showing it, the Conference USA. Very excited for the Conference USA. Obviously, one of my favorite conferences to watch. It's going to be a it's going to be a very good conference this year with all the talent coming in. Oh, man. I love the Conference USA. It's obviously one of my favorites year in and year out in terms of the mid-major level. But, uh, yeah, very excited for the Conference USA. Uh, but, yeah, trivia question for the Colonial. Let's think of one. Hmm. My question is, hmm, I thought I had one, but I lost it. Let me think. I got one. When was the last time a Colonial team won a first-round game? Because uh, obviously looking at recent success, um, most of these Colonial teams got bounced out in the first round. Uh, for the past couple of years. But when was the last time a Colonial team did advance past the first round of the March Madness Tournament? Uh, if you can get that to us, let us know. We'll shout you out. Still, no one's really answered our trivia questions, which makes us sad because, uh, I mean, obviously we don't – it just kind of comes to us and when we say them. But uh, if, you have, if you have the answer, look it up, figure it out. Uh, last, last trivia question was a good one for the um, – Big West, um, we talked about that right after the uh, episode ended. But, uh, yeah, very excited to get to the Conference USA. Maybe this weekend, if not Monday. But uh, time is definitely a ticking, and we got to get a move in, which we have been. But, uh, yeah, any uh, final thoughts for today's episode? Yeah, the answer to the trivia question uh, last episode was the two current active players in the Big West it is Gabe Vincent from UC Santa Barbara, not playing for the Heat. And the second one was the harder one, David Nwaba out of Cal Poly. Uh, he's currently playing for the Rockets. So there's your answer to last last trivia question. If you didn't, if you answered in your head uh, and you got it right, good for you. But prize part of that wrong. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think that is all I got for today's episode. Obviously, 67 days till the season begins. Uh, time moves fast, and uh, these conference previews will fly by, and uh, before you know it, the season will be here. So I'm very excited to get to that moment, but uh, still a lot of great conferences down the line. Uh, this is only number six. We still have a lot more left to cover, so uh, definitely the gears will be turning. The uh, teams will be uh, ranked, and uh, by the time you know it, we'll have that first uh, couple games on uh, November, what, 7th? Is that the date? Yeah. yeah. Seems like a very late start, but I feel like it's more. I'm just excited. I'm anxious. I know. I know. Like I talked about last episode, the college sports, the best time for it is right around the corner. 
College football begins this weekend, uh, today actually. So very excited to get to that. Uh, should be a lot of great games. Uh, we both love college football, but obviously college basketball comes first. But uh, college football, obviously a very close second. Brian football is playing today. Good luck to them. We'll see how they do. They're but, playing. A, they're playing an F, FPS team. They're playing Florida International. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes for Brian. Uh, Clemson plays on Monday. We'll probably talk about that before we get to the next episode. Yeah, they're going to uh, lose. Yeah, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I think that is all we got for today's episode. We thank you guys for tuning in, as always. And it's always March, baby. It's always March, baby. Thank you guys for tuning in.